0: Hello listeners, on this show I talk with everyday African Americans who were able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. In this episode, I interview Jermaine Cheatham. He is the sales director of Dow Financial Solutions, a business that provides medical equipment financing services to hospitals nationwide. In our conversation, Jermaine and I discuss sales, empathy, and how cultural experiences can shape one's world view. So, welcome to another episode of the Black Gold Podcast. Today, I have with me here Jermaine Cheatham. He is currently residing in Malaysia. He is the owner and founder of Dow Financial Solutions, a company that enables doctors and physicians to get the loans required to fulfill their medical needs for their patients in various countries all over the world jermaine welcome to the black gold podcast how are you doing today
1: hey i'm great thanks for having me man
0: that's uh, it's you're welcome man so um how did you get started in the financial
1: world in terms of what you do right now at dow financial okay yeah so let me correct one thing so we just do uh, equipment financing loans for businesses in the u.s we don't do it for all over the world i just travel all over the world <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can, I can do this business from my laptop and a cell phone. So that's, that's the good news. Um, I mean, how do I get involved in it? I guess kind of by accident. I didn't really plan on being um, in sales. I certainly didn't plan on traveling the world the way I do. Um, I just kind of fell into it by accident just by um, deciding that I wanted freedom in my life. And one of the best ways to find freedom in your life is to get involved in a sales role um, because it allows you just to dictate your future and how much money you can make. And, um, you're not a slave to a salary where they're going to give you a 3% increase every year. I can make a 300% increase every year if I want. So, um, that's kind of how I got involved in it. It's just my, my yearning for freedom, um, of my time and of my money. And, um, I thought sales was like one of the best routes I could ever go, especially when you're someone that grew up kind of feeling um, unaccepted, and so it gave me a, a, a avenue to explore. Is that true? And sales is the best way to find out how people receive you, and uh, so it's kind of multi layered. But I kind of fell into it by accident, but also in the same breath, I just kind of followed my intuition, which said, "Don't go over there." So I just said, I'm going to go over there. I always have a thing where I just follow my fear. And usually, if you do follow your fear, life, it's the direction life is telling you to go. Yeah. Um, many times we decide to, to go against our fear and, and hide from it. And life's telling you, no, 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 I'm, I'm making you scared to know, yes, the direction you're supposed to go. So that's kind of a long-winded response.
0: <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so you talk about being unaccepted. Unaccepted how?
1: Well, you know, so I grew up um, from a single mother household. Uh, I'm black and white. And so I was raised by my white mother and grandmother. So here I am growing up in society as a black male that they were labeling me as. And um, I was I had a kind of a a disattached view of the world where I was like, hmm, this is weird, like um, like little kids are come up to me and asking me all these questions about, you know, what am I? What race am I? And I'm like five years old, I don't know what you're even talking about, dude. Um, and so it made me have to ponder these ideas of like, why is everyone asking me all these questions? What, you know, What's up with my father? What's going on? Um, if if, if, if a, a father can abandon a, a child, then what does that say about the rest of the world? What does that say about the rest of society or strangers? What, are, what, what is a stranger willing to do to another stranger? Um, so it made me kind of think about uh, a lot of things along those lines about uh, my place and who I really am. And um, so I, I always kind of felt like I'm not acceptable. I'm not lovable. I'm not uh, good enough. Um, and so sales is like one of those things where it's like, let's just see if this is true. Um, and it teaches you real quick that, no, that's just all BS. That's just something I made up in my head, some story I put together but that's not the truth. The truth is 99% of people are cool, friendly, cordial, nice. They want to help you. And the 1% of the people that aren't, they're just scared. They're just in pain. They're just running from something. Um, they're not following their fear. So, um, you got to kind of give them grace and, and move forward.
0: So, um, whenever you mention sales, your face tends to, you know, light up a little smile on your face. Uh, how, what got you into, into sales, into that universe?
1: Um, so it's kind of, like I was saying, I was kind of lucky uh, or by chance. Um, I originally wanted to get into an entrepreneurship program in college, but apparently I wasn't up to snuff, so it wasn't good enough. So I couldn't get in the program so I was like, what's the next, next best thing is I took an internship where I went door to door selling uh, like residential painting services. And I figured, you know, if I can't get into a, a academic entrepreneurship program, this is probably even better because this is real world experience. You can't learn about entrepreneurship in a textbook or in a classroom. You have to learn about it in the real world. So that kind of got me to cut my teeth on the whole rejection situation because you're knocking on 100 doors a day, people are slamming the door in your face. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal, but you learn that, you know, most people are friendly and and like I was saying, they're they're not not people aren't bad. They're not this you're not going to get the response you think you built up in your mind that you're going to get from you knocking on someone's door. So, that was kind of one of the first steps and then from there um I got a job within in a bank after after school. Um, And I thought, you know, I'm just going to be crunching numbers in a cubicle. That's kind of what I thought my life was going to be. And, uh, but long story short is I got the offer and then my true nature came out and I started negotiating and uh, I wanted a higher base salary to start. And long story short, they told me to kick rocks, rescinded the offer. So now I'm like graduating and they have no job, no prospects. I'm just like, (laughs) like out of luck. And so um, I basically took anything I could find and the next job I could take was a, a pure hundred percent commission sales job where I was making 300 cold calls a day to different businesses to see if they needed financing for equipment. And that's kind of how I got involved in this business. Um, so again, it was just kind of luck and just me kind of being myself. Um, y- you never know where life's going to take you, but you can't close off doors just because you think it's not the right fit. Um, And, uh, that's kind of how it really happened. But through that journey, I realized that sales is like the ultimate boot camp for your mental state of mind, like your psyche. Um, it's, it's always gymnastics with your psyche when you're in sales. So it keeps you sharp. It keeps you, um, introspective. It keeps you, keeps you, um, grateful. So there's like a lot of benefits I I find from sales because I'm interacting with people every day and I'm really helping them, um, in their life and uh, in their businesses.
0: What would you say has been your absolute like worst day of?
1: Um, my worst um, day of. What was that?
0: Yeah, yeah, your worst day of sales, ever um, from the beginning up and recently.
1: Um, I don't even. I can't even think of any like a worst day. I mean, I can remember some funny days. Um. I, I, I mean, there's nothing in particular that really sticks out. I remember one lady, I was calling her and she said, I hoped I died. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but I don't know. I really don't I really don't have any like worst days or anything like that sticks out in my mind. Like, oh, that was a horrible day. I really don't think, I don't think about life in those terms as far as like, um, you know, like which what's the worst thing that ever happened to you or what's the worst. I don't think like in that kind of, frame of mind, I, I, maybe I black it out. I don't know. <laughs> well, then, um what isn't the best day? Like,
0: what is the day that you realized, like, I'm a salesman, this is my purpose,
1: what I'm meant to do? Um, I guess the best day, my, I mean, there's several, there, there's several kind of stick out in my mind. Some of the best days are when I'm just with my clients and we're like, going to lunch or at happy hour, or we're just, um, playing basketball at the gym or whatever, where we're just kind of like, it's bigger than just a transaction. Um, where, um, there's like a connection there and it's like something bigger than just, Hey, give me some money. And it's, it's an actual relationship. Um, so those are some of the best days. Also some, the, the one day that sticks out in particular is the day I had, uh, I made like 80, $87,000, um, And it was just almost an epiphany that, oh man, like there's no ceiling on how much you can do and how much you can make. Um, So that was kind of a, like a realization that there is no, I guess there's no cap on potential where, where some people are, it's no, it's funny is like when they put quotas on people, it almost limits them because it's saying, oh everybody else is doing $10,000 or $20,000 or whatever it is. So let me just do that. It's like the whole Roger Bannister four minute mile. Like as soon as he broke it, then everybody else starts breaking it. So it's like, we're almost kind of like, instead of looking at what we want to build and what we want to do and what we want to achieve, we're looking at what do the next person do? So let me copy that. And, um, so when I, when I put up that $87,000, um, income day, it was like, I realized why am I, I should never aim towards what they're doing. I should only aim towards what I'm doing. Cause I, I was, I was shattering people's records. So, um, that, that's kind of like one of those things that kind of blew my mind about um, the human um, capability and possibility. But we always limit ourselves because we're comparing each other, ourselves to others, which is the problem.
0: Yeah, it's as if we don't know what the limit is. We're trying to find a limit. And in doing so, we end up hurting ourselves because one person's limit doesn't mean that it is our own limit. And we could be... limitless. We could go as far as you want for as long as you want to. And it's just the idea of, of, you know, like stifling someone's uh, limitations in order to achieve your own goal, which is to meet a certain uh, quota at the end of the day. Um, So when did you start your company,
1: Dow Financial? So I started this company in 2015 and I've been in the industry for since 2003. So whatever, 18, 18 years or so, but, um, yeah, so 2015. Why did you uh, pick the name Tao? So that's, a, that's a good question. People don't usually ask that. Um, so I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dao Te Ching.
0: Yes, I have.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, that it's based on that, really the philosophy of that, um, go with the flow, go with what's natural, go with, um, your natural inclinations. Don't fight. It's almost like water. Um, When you have water in your hands, if you gentle with it, it'll stay there. If you try to squeeze it, it comes out. So um, it, 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 it's based on kind of the Tao Te Ching's philosophy where it's just like, um, you know, trust your nature, go with the flow, don't fight life and um, have fun. And so I thought about that is, you know, a lot of, Finance companies and what I do really isn't finance. It's most it's ninety nine percent sales. If you can tip your waiter at at Starbucks, you can do this type of financing. It's super simple, but um, it's kind of stuffy. It, it, the, the banking industry in general is kind of stuffy and very rigid and very um, I don't know just not Dow-ish. So I, I kind of wanted to go against the grain and kind of have a company where you know it's fluid. If you know what you want to do, how you want to create it, and that's how I kind of built this where I can. You know, wake up to the sunrise here and work as many hours as I want and take walks and go to the gym and meditate and um, you know, do the things I love to do. I, I don't want uh, you know a job or a career to be a hindrance to me living my life and what I also want to explore. It can, it can be work in conjunction. So um, I think the whole Tao philosophy is everything kind of um, goes together. Everything is um, there's not silos of life. It's not like I need to have work-life balance. No, life is life. Everything is life. So I don't care if it's work or play. It all—it's all one. So um, that was the, the philosophy why I picked that name.
0: It sounds incredible. It sounds uh, freeing, in terms of the way you talk about. You could go for long walks. You could go down, and you could. Um, exercise. You can you get to play. Right now, I'm in um I'm in school, and uh, since everything's gone online, it has been like day one up until up until now. You know, even with um Thanksgiving break just ended, and it was it was crazy because there were a bunch of classes you had to take, and then also there were classes that you take that um aren't part of the syllabus so there's no structure to it so you need to find time to make the time to do that and then you have other things to do like at home you have things to do at work and so just finding that as you say that 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 balance that philosophy of just doing what feels right in the moment and going for that rather than trying to fit everything into a schedule but like personally for me I like to have a schedule in terms of keeping things on track so I don't get you know crazy in terms of what I need to do, what needs to get done like oh if I got to like you know, finish this paper, oh I gotta turn in this exam And so it's the um, idea of just whatever your like mind is focused on, I believe just go ahead and, and get that done then move on to the next thing that your mind focuses on. So that that sounds as if it's um, really like a freeing lifestyle that you have and um speaking about going with the flow how have you gone with the flow since the whole pandemic covid-19
1: thing has happened <laughs> yeah um it's kind of funny i mean it's very funny actually um so yeah i had all these plans for 2020 like everyone else did and i was in um i was in hong kong in in january and then i was in um thailand for a couple months and then right that was basically in what was that in march and so right as covid was starting to peak off i was i flew over to malaysia and i was only supposed to be in malaysia originally for two days and then i got here and i found this great crazy condo that was sick and so i was like okay let me stay a month and that's when lockdown happened so they locked down everything so but it was cool because you know I don't know I'm a weirdo like I don't I don't think about I don't care like I'm gonna die no matter what so like why am I gonna yeah. ruin my life in my day or my week or my year worrying about things that are out of my control it's like it, if COVID kills me great but it's like it's not probably I could get shot I could get run over I could have cancer I could be it could be anything so it's like I'm not gonna spend my energy on this dumb shit and so um, I, I thought I I thought I was like this is a great opportunity for me to get some stuff done that I've always wanted to get done because now it's like I just have all this time where it's like nothing else is open, nothing business isn't doing nothing right now. So it's like um, I have I had this great opportunity during the first initial lockdown, but I had all these other plans. And my plan was after Malaysia, I was going go to go um, to I was going to go to Bali, then I was going to go to Australia then I was going to New Zealand, then I was going to go to Bora Bora, Hawaii, and then back to California. Um, but obviously that didn't work out, but, um, but it's not a big deal. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, that they're that it's such a big deal about how the year is so disrupt disrupted. And, you know, it's just kind of, to me, blown out of proportions. Like, um, and I don't know what the truth is either because I, the the news is going to tell you what they want to tell you. So you keep eyeballs on the news. So they're going to keep you scared. That's their job. And so I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV in general. So, um, but when I talk to real people and I've been in the States since this happened, so I don't know what's going on, but, um, it's, the, people don't seem like they're that up in arms about any of this, any of the stuff I see on TV. I don't see that many people except for maybe on the coast. Um, that might be where some of the noises, but, um, I don't know, I think it's kind of funny, all the the, the gnashing of the teeth.
0: Yeah. And so um, through COVID, after the death of, of George Floyd, the ruling in the Breonna Taylor case, and all of the other tragedies that have happened during that time, it seems as if something bigger is coming bigger in a way that isn't necessarily bad but in a way that it would also be big and that it would absolutely change the way that things currently are and so i think it's important that we have an awareness of of waiting for that next big thing to come and not to be too focused on the way of today and focus more on the promises of what, what's coming. And so it's cool. Everything's all right. Just live life the way you want to live life and let that be a part of like your, every single day that you do. Make sure that you do it in a way that is pleasing to you and that is within, you know, the rules of law. Don't do anything illegal, of course but make sure that you do things in a way that at the at the end of the day, you could say for sure that um, I was happy. I'm happy today. Um, so when you first started your business in terms of Dow Financial, uh, what was some of the major obstacles you had to overcome in terms of getting it um, like certified, getting clients. What uh, issues would you say that you had
1: starting out? Um, the only issue was me, really. I mean, that's always the issue—is yourself. Um, structure was tough for me because I, I, when before I, ha- I was working at a company, there was more structure in the day, and people were expecting you to be there, and expecting you at the meetings, and expecting you to have a certain output. And when you're on your own, it's just up to you to set those expectations and then execute on them. So that was kind of a new paradigm shift for me. But um, it it was just more of uh, putting together like targets of discipline that I needed to do every day and not really confining them to a specific time or schedule. Just know I need to do this today at a certain time or at at some point today. And so just make sure that was executed on. Um, but as far as like setting up the business, it was very easy. Um, getting clients is no different than what I was doing before. You just find find people. You start, you know, just doing, just hustle. Um, so it's definitely not rocket science. Um, but most of it was more mental for me to structure my day when I all of a sudden had all this freedom to do what I wanted within my day because I didn't have to report to a boss. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that.
0: I get that. Um so throughout your sales journey throughout your now the journey of Dow Financial who has helped you to build your your mindset and also to build your your business skills in order to achieve those two goals? Who was your
1: mentor? Um I guess I would say my mentor was the library. Um, I just get so much ideas and I kind of tra- triangulate ideas from different sources and different people and different mindsets and polar opposite mindsets. And, and so I can kind of look at both sides of the argument uh, and see like what works for me, what, what, what resonates with me. So, you know, I used to go to the library every day when I was little waiting for my mom to pick me up from school for hours. And it was always kind of a magical place, the library, because all these people put their blood, sweat and tears into all these ideas and put them in a book, and I get to enjoy that for free. And it's always surprising to me that people don't take advantage of the library. It's always, it's always funny to me that people love to, even including myself, I love to make like, excuses for like, oh, like why am I not doing it versus like, just taking the action going to pick up the book or just make the phone call or go work out or whatever it is. Like, just go do it. Um, the action is always like the cure all to everything, to every fear, to, to everything you ever wanted. So, um, but so I guess my mentor really is, is the library and books um, and podcasts have been great because you can hear all types of different things while you're you know, on that walk or while you're, you know, just chilling or whatever you're doing. So it's like my mentor has always been um, other people's ideas and it could even be a stranger in the street where I overhear a conversation. It could be, it could be anybody. So um, I guess people are my inspiration.
0: So, are there any books that you have read that specifically helped you to hone your sales skills, your people skills, skills that are needed in
1: the current industry that you are in? Um, the only book that really stands out in my mind for a business book is The One Thing by uh, Gary Keller. Um, he's the, I guess the founder of Keller Williams Realty. Um, and the, the premise of the book is really just focus, minimalism, um, and focus on what's the most important thing. I think today we're just so scattered and so distracted by so much input, but we don't ever put do any output there's never any production there's never any results because you're not doing nothing you're just absorbing so that's kind of the premise of his book it's 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 a phenomenal book for business um so that's like as far as sales i don't know it's just everything's just trial and error you just talk to people you see what works you see what flows for you you see what type of people you mesh with you see this the action is the teacher um and So the the beautiful part about taking action is you become not only um, the student of taking action, you are still a teacher. So you're the teacher and the student when you do, when you take action. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a a big proponent on learning and understanding different ideas and different concepts of maybe like a sales technique, but I really don't have a shtick or a gimmick or I don't have anything except for myself. I'm just, I just talk to people about what I have to offer and then I move on. So um, throughout your
0: years of doing sales, is there a certain person or a certain industry that you've learned to either that you gravitate towards in terms of wanting to do business with them or that you shy away from because you believe that doing business with them uh, won't um, allow you to grow your own business?
1: Um, I mean, not really. I guess I just focus on, it kind of goes back to that Dao concept of, you know, what feels natural? Like, if, am I meshing with this person? I kind of ask myself, if I get done with a meeting or a phone call, I kind of think to myself, did I have a good vibe with that person? Did it, did, did the conversation flow? Were they uh, uh, receptive to what I was saying? Was I receptive to what they were saying? Um, And I kind of judge it based on that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like MLK's whole thing, the content of your character. Um, that's the only thing that matters. So if, 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 our, if our characters are matching, then great, then I'll, I'll go with it. But if they're not, um, I kind of butted my head for a while because I was, I was in industries that just didn't work for me really as far as like the personality. Um, like for example, like automotive, I was calling like automotive shops, trying to do financing for their, you know, their lifts and their racks and their hoists. And all the equipment there that they, they use to fix your car. And the, my personality, their personality just don't match. It just didn't work. But like medical doctors and people in the medical faci- uh, arena, um, device, people that sell devices, we just click for some reason. I don't know if it's just the directness of our personalities, um somewhat the honesty and like the 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 brass tacks of everything where it's just like this is what it is either let's do this or let's not do this yeah um there's no there's not a whole lot of games or it's just like hey here, here yes or no um and so i do really well with them because i think it's just a personality match so um i just always kind of focus on like what feels right
0: so going on what feels right um what have you done recently in terms of team building, that
1: has helped you to grow. So we've been, you know, expanding quite a bit on um, hiring people back in the states to do a lot of the stuff that I'm just not really that good at, as far as uh, admin work. Um, I'm 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 kind of a high level thinker. I'm not really like a, a a a micro guy. I'm more of a macro, and so I kind of miss some of the details. <laughs> So it's important for someone that's really detail oriented to do that kind of thing. So that's helped quite a bit, have people in those positions back in the States that can handle that when deal, deals start coming in, that I can just focus on the relationships and think about big picture stuff. Um, and we've put together uh, in the last 12 months, because we've been you know traveling around the world for the last couple of years. And it's like, there's no reason why other people can't have this. This is not rocket science. It's very simple. And um, we, it's just like not fair to keep this a secret. Cause I remember I was that person in the cubicle that was like bitter, hating their job because of like, I hated my boss and I didn't want to go to the meetings. I, I was this unhappy because I felt like I was being constrained. I wasn't free. And so like, if there's a way for me to give people this freedom with a blueprint of exactly what I do, we should put that together. So that's what we did over the last year. We put together everything we do, all the, Um, from A to Z, exactly what we do. Crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's and we put it into a course to teach people exactly what we're doing and um, hopefully people can uh, execute on it and do it because it's not hard, it's easy, but it takes work, but they can live wherever they want. They can make as much money as they want. They can have 80% of their day for free time, I mean, however they want to build it. Um, So we want to put this in people's hands so they can live a life that's suited for their what they want there's nothing worse than feeling like you're only here for whatever 80 years 100 years and you're like a slave to someone else's agenda or what they want to do or you're building their dreams not your own dreams so if i have the capability to teach people about this secret kind of niche industry because everybody thinks businesses go to the bank to get loans they don't because the bank doesn't want to give them a loan bank wants to give loans a 50 uh 50 million dollar loan yeah they don't want to give someone a fifty thousand dollar loan They don't want to help small businesses. That's where I come in because I go find these small businesses that need the loans and I work with the banks to do the the hard work and they pay me for it. So um, that's a long winded response. I know.
0: (laughs) That's fine. Um, So in terms of getting getting loans, um, what are people's thoughts about what you do in terms of the whole um, uh, debt-free idea that's currently going through? Um, like society right now, in terms of not being uh, kindred by any kind of payment on your your car your your house student loans and so um with uh, as being a financing person um how does that how does that make you feel and also do you think that it'll it'll affect your industry
1: it's uh, a good question yeah um no there's good debt and bad debt so I agree. Like having consumer debt is bad. Credit cards, car loans, um, home mortgages are fine, especially if because you're getting. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but um, consumer debt bad. Uh, real estate debt and business debt is fine, uh, as obviously as long as it's manageable. You're not doing. You're not going crazy on your business debt. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all about having. I, having little debt on, on the consumer side for sure. But as far as like a business debt, this is the smartest thing you can ever, there's a few reasons why it's smart, especially now um, on, on on business debt and also on um, uh, like a real estate debt. First of all, the tax ramifications are crazy as far as business, what you can write off and real estate, what you can write off. Um, especially if you start having rental property properties and income properties. Um, secondly, if you take out, a 30-year loan or a 10-year loan or a five-year loan or whatever it is, you, you have to realize that with all this money printing that's going on in on the federal level, all that debt is going to end up being inflated away. So you're getting these loans today, but you're really not going to pay back that same amount in the future because the principal will be inflated away with all this printing. That they, there's no other way for the government to get out of the hole they're in besides to inflate... Uh, inflate the debt away because they're not going to no one's going to be able to pay it all back especially on the corporate side yeah so when you say inflate what do you mean by that well when you print too, too much money the dollar becomes weaker and weaker and weaker so they basically your your uh the the inflation rate will just skyrocket and so what i mean by inflated away is if you took out a hundred thousand dollar loan today in five years 10 years that hundred thousand loan you're only gonna have to pay back says a 20% inflation rate, 80,000 of it. So you basically you got $20,000 free because it's going to be inflated away. So the principal will actually be less and less because of the inflation rate. But um, so that, so as far as on the, on the business side, I always use debt because why would I use cash? You always use cash for appreciating assets. So if you have a business, you want to use cash for labor, human capital, Uh, or special projects that come up last minute projects that you really need to act on now, or a marketing spend, use cash on stuff like that, that actually appreciates your top line, your, your uh, revenue. Um, But when it comes to depreciating assets, like equipment, that's 99% of what we do. You always finance that because it's a depreciating asset. There's no reason to pay cash for that. So um, that's kind of the rule of thumb on stuff like that. Same thing with real estate. So it's
0: the idea that you can it's like you're paying less than what you actually get the loan for in the end and so do you um do you take out like you said, you take out a hundred k and um it the the u s inflates the 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 dollar and in terms of paying back the money do you um pay as you go or do you wait until you have the ADK and then you present that as your um as your payment for the
1: loan Well you are still have to pay as you go cuz it's a it's a it's a finance agreement so you still have to pay monthly or okay. however you have it however you have it structured but most finance agreements are are monthly um so you're still going to be making those monthly payments but over but over the duration of the loan with the inflation rate it's going to counterbalance the actual principal so um it's almost like getting free money when you have the inflation that's coming eventually. I I don't know when it's going to come, but, um, they're, they're trying to print as much as they can. They're trying to even, they're trying to get the inflation rate at 3% and they're struggling to do that because there's such so much deflationary pressure. So, um, but if, if they they'll keep printing, there's no other option for them. Unfortunately, they kind of got themselves in it. Cause we're at 0% rate. So we're kind of in a, in a, a pigeonhole, the federal, the feds are so, there's not a whole lot of
0: options they have. Yeah. And also the idea of the, um, I believe it was, I'm not sure exactly when it was or if it's even uh, like really what what it is, but um, the amount of small business loans that are being taken out would also cause inflation in the end because the U.S. needs to have money to use for their other resources and the people who take out those loans also need to pay back that money. So, with taking out a small business loan, would it be better to, t- to take it out from a uh, a bank, or would it be better to take it from a um, um,
1: a guy such as yourself? It it doesn't it doesn't matter. the The reason why people come to us is for really twofold. Um, number one, it's the ease of use. We're just so simple. The bank will. I, I even did an experiment to see how difficult the bank is to work with. And so I was like, let me just go see, you know, what the, what my bank will say. (laughs) So I asked, I I went in there and, or I did it online and um, I wanted 50 grand. And granted, this is a bank. I keep like half a million dollars in cash. It's it's my money, but it's in their bank. Yeah. So I'm just looking for, I'm just looking for 50 grand, a very simple loan. And it was, it was a nightmare. They had me jump through so many hoops. They wanted me to have like two different interviews over the phone, all this paperwork, tax returns. Like it was like, and then they, and then at the end of the day, they declined me. They said, no, we're not going to give you the loan. (laughs) And I was like, wait, wait, you have my money. What, what, what I don't, I I don't have any debt. I have no, what's if I'm not going to get approved. I mean, imagine what the guy down the street, like the the small business down the street is going to get. So it's like, so, so that's number one is like our ease of use is so, so simple. It's a it's an online application. It's like two questions. It, they fill it out and we have an approval within usually same day or 24 hours, everything's e-documents. It's like simple. It's like two days. It's done. Um, so that's number one. Number two is the banks just don't want to, like I was saying, the banks just don't want to loan to small businesses like myself. Like they didn't want to give me even a loan. So it's like, they're not looking for small fish. They're looking for big whales and so yeah they'll talk to somebody if they want 50 million but not 50 grand and um so that's the that's one of the main advantages of of working with someone like me because i'll I'll find them a home for their deals um but yeah as far as the what we were talking about earlier about the inflation thing it doesn't matter if they go to the bank or work with someone like me it's the same thing
0: okay and so you're the uh the middleman do you work with a certain bank or or banks and the person comes to you. Small business comes to you and says, um, "I need a hundred thousand dollars." And then you go to the bank on their behalf, or is it that you yourself supplied the hundred
1: grand for them? Yeah, so we'll go on the bank on their behalf. So we'll find the, the best resource that's going to fit whatever they're specifically looking for. Oh. And maybe they, have some credit, maybe they have some credit challenges. So we have to kind of be creative of, oh, we can't go here, but we can go to this underwriter. So we have different options um, based on all of our different relationships we have with underwriters. Um, but yeah, but the majority, but all of my business comes from, the beautiful part about my business is all my business comes from the equipment sellers. So I don't chase any of the actual small businesses. I just talk to the guys and girls that sell the equipment into the small businesses. So it's more of a one-to-many sales philosophy, where if I just talk to one person, if I just talk to you and you're my sales guy that sells uh, ultrasound equipment, you're talking to hundreds of doctors every day or every month or whatever it is. You're selling multiple units every month. Instead of me going to one doctor at a time, hoping they're buying this year, they're only making one purchase every couple of years. I have worked with someone like you where you're doing it all the time, every month, and I'm getting multiple deals. So it's just a much more streamlined way to go about it.
0: Okay, so it's so you provide equipment for hospitals, is what you you do? Like you said, ultrasound equipment, um, like MRIs, CAT scan, that kind of equipment is what you provide for hospitals.
1: Well, yeah, we don't provide anything. Again, we just provide the financing. Finance. Whoever, whoever I, yeah, whoever I work with. They they're the ones that sell the the equipment. So um, we're just simply the the financing arm. So, but not we don't really do any hospitals. All private clinics.
0: Okay, so um, how would someone get into the business?
1: Um, they could take my course, number <laughs> one, because uh, I'm going to teach you the the right way to do it. Um, I mean, obviously, you can go work for a bank. There's other independent finance companies out there you could look for. Um, Yeah, that's probably the best way to go about it. But that's the the main reason why we put together the course because, you know, a lot of of people within the space, they don't know how to use leverage and to make more space and free time. For the individual, that's that's my whole thing is like freedom, and so the way we structured the course is just the way I structured my business is I use leverage and minimalism and focus to make sure I have a lot of free time in my day, and that's how we teach the course is for the students to do it that exact same way, so they're not calling a hundred people a day or three hundred people a day, they're just calling you know fifteen of the best equipment sellers instead of calling a hundred of the doctors.
0: Yeah. Okay, so where can people go to look at your, your
1: course? Yeah, so they can just go to creatorslearn.com. And so it's all my information's on there. The, the course we do, a, we have a free course on there too for like a vision workshop. Um, and then if they are interested in uh, it's called the Business Finance Blueprint. They can sign up for a, a call and um, we can kind of go from there. The, and the reason with the whole Creators Learn title, because I, I don't really see like black and white or male and female or Democrat, Republican. I see two types of people in the world and that's it. And I see creators and I see victims. And so this is like a, a platform for creators that people consider themselves are going to create their own future for them to go and learn different modalities and, and business opportunities and mindset things. Um, so that's why we kind of settled on creatorslearn.com.
0: So is that the only um, course that you're Do you have any other
1: courses on different aspects of the financial area? That's the only course as of right now, because that's really my expertise. So I wanted to get that to, to people right now, especially with there's so much, like you were saying, like so much change in the world. There's so much uh-huh. flux and everyone's kind of reassessing, like, what do I want from life? Where do I want to go? Like, Because, because the funny thing about it is, this lockdown has been such a blessing because it's focused everybody to kind of re-examine themselves. Because you have all this time locked in to be like, you know, what do I really want? So I think there's going to be a lot of people searching for opportunities to create something on their own, their own business, their own remote uh, lifestyle, um, their own what you know, not the normal cookie cutter thing we've been taught. So um, I think that's the most important thing to put out there, but. I think we, at a certain point, we will go into other mindset courses or um, I don't know about any other financial stuff. It, that's something we can all obviously answer on, um, on uh, the, uh, like within the course, we, and we, ask, we get asked a lot of questions about that within the course from our students. So we answer a lot of that there. So, but yeah, that's kind of the beginning part is uh, the, the blueprint of what we do.
0: So you're currently in Malaysia, and how did you, you said that you were supposed to be there for only two days. Um, how did you end up traveling around the world? Uh, mostly what, what I've heard from you so far is that you've been to mostly um, Asian countries, Asian cities. How did you begin your, your traveling journey?
1: Yeah, I I never thought I was going to be like a big time traveler. It wasn't like something I was really planning on. Um, It was just kind of like luck again. I remember this is like when I first started the company, um, maybe like three months after I started the company, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go to Europe to take my mom to Europe for her 60th birthday. So I took her to Rome and Venice. And while I was over there, I kind of realized I can do this business from my laptop and I can do this business from my cell phone. So um I extended the trip for like another three or four weeks and I went all the way up to Amsterdam and Paris and Brussels and I was in Spain I was in Ibiza I was kind of everywhere in in Europe um for whatever that was six weeks and so then I got back I'm like there's no reason for me to be confined to Arizona all the time like don't don't get me wrong it's great like great golf and great restaurants um in Scottsdale Mm -hmm. but like I can I can travel like a part of the year. So then the next summer I wanted to escape the Arizona heat. So I went to, I stayed in San Diego for the summer. I was like, Oh, this is great. And so then um, the next summer I was like in New York and I was in New Orleans and I was in the Caribbean. So I was doing all that. And then, so I'm like, there's no reason for me to keep going back to Arizona. Why don't this next year in 2020, let's just travel the world and do it and see how that works out. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So have you been there since the the first lockdown during the the spring, early summer?
1: Yeah, so I've been here since uh, March. Uh, let's think about that. Yeah, March. Since March. Wow. Yeah. And so I was going to, everyone was calling me saying, oh, you need to come back home. You need to come back home. You're not going to get back to the States. And I was kind of laughing because I just know how Americans are. You, you, I just know you're going to lose your shit when you can't go to Starbucks and when you can't um, you have your freedom. Cause we're very you know, free people. Like we like to have our freedom. So I just knew like everyone out here, they're used to wearing masks. It's, 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 they've yeah. been dealing with viruses forever. So like, they're very orderly. They follow the directions. There's no one, but in the system, there's no rebels. And so I just knew like, oh, the States is going to be a cluster. Uh, so I, I was like, I don't want to go back to the States to deal with all that nonsense. Like here, like everything's open. I can go wherever I want. It's great. Um, I don't want to go back to the States and it'd be like all confined and things are closed and they're open, now they're closed and they're open, now they're closed. And so, so then we were going to go to Greece or we we're going to go like to Europe, but then I like, again, like things are opening, then they close things open then they close. And it's like, I don't want to get stuck in Greece or something. And then everything's closed down again. Like I'm completely free here. I got golf. I got a beach. I got tennis. I got a gym. I got hikes. I got malls. I got movie theaters. I got everything I could ever want. Well, how about I just chill out for a little bit and get a little bit more clarity on what's going to happen so that's kind of the, the game plan we'll see what happens in, in January
0: Have you had the chance to learn any other languages
1: during your jobs? Uh, s- Spanish a little bit um, and I did spend a, a, a summer in Mexico too so that was, that was fun uh, so Spanish a little bit, um, they always ask me here if I know Malay which I don't <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's really it. Um, the great thing about out here is everyone speaks English, like perfect English. Um, I think a lot of the British influence helps with that. So, um, yeah, so I don't have to worry about speaking the Malay out here. Yeah. So what is your future looking like
0: in terms of travel, coming back to the States, staying out in Asia?
1: What are your thoughts? I don't know, man. I, I just, I literally, it's month to month, uh, I, I, I live, I don't, I don't live like with, I live, I try to live as much as I can in today, in the moment. And like me talking to you right now, this is where I'm, this is where I'm living right now. Yeah. And so um, I try not to like get too caught up on what would or wouldn't happen. Cause you just can't control life is going to happen to you. Like who would have thought I'd be here this long or even be here. I was supposed to be here for a weekend. So it's like, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but I kind of just do Airbnbs of one month at a time and, um, the airfare thing is kind of weird because I already bought a couple of airfare tickets and, you know, trying to get your money back from the airlines is like pulling teeth and they, you know, they want to give you credits, but I don't want to fly anywhere. So it's like, there's nowhere really to go. So it's kind of like, yeah. so yeah, I could buy a ticket to go X, Y, Z, but so I'm just kind of playing it by ear, um, every month, a month, and then just kind of see what, what lands, maybe we'll go back to Thailand, maybe, uh, maybe Bali. I was thinking about, um, maybe back to the Arizona, maybe in March, We'll see.
0: Has there been an experience in your travels that you would say absolutely changed your life, the way that you think, the way that you operate your business?
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, the, the, the most interesting thing about being like the one beautiful thing about travel is if you can really um, ingrain yourself in the community and not be a tourist, not be there for a, a weekend or a week but you're there for a month or two or three or four or five, or like I've been, you actually become part of the community. And um, it's interesting to see different communities interact. Because, um, you know, when you're just a tourist, you're just there for fun for the most part. But when you're actually part of the community, it's like you see a little bit more of a 360 view of everything. And so here, it's just, there's so many beautiful things that happen with the, the people here where they're, they're so... Um, I don't know, it's, I guess they're just like a, like a real community really looking out for each other. Um, like the other day I saw uh, the, the, I was at, at the beach and there's a McDonald's right on the beach and there's this, there's this homeless lady. There's very few homeless out here. Like I've seen maybe two out of this. I think this town has like, I don't know, 800,000 people or something. Wow. And so I've seen two homeless people the whole entire time. And so the McDonald's worker came out to help the homeless lady with her like her little outfit she had like a little thing she was like pinning her her little her little head wrap because a lot a lot of muslim uh, people out here so they were she was helping her pin her head wrap and make sure she looked good i was like man like that's you I, i wouldn't see that in the states for sure and then uh i seen the cops roll around And the cops rolled up on the same, the same homeless lady. And uh, it's a very tight knit community, obviously. Same homeless lady. I'm like, oh man, here's the shakedown. They're about to shake her down hard. (laughs) And uh, nope, they roll down the window and give her money. And then they give her a bottle of water. And it's like, these people are like, like it opens your eyes to like, um, not everything is like the States as far as like what's going on. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of beautiful stuff that happens in the States when it comes to everybody. I, I see that too, but you just don't realize it until you see it um, when you're really kind of looking for it. So I guess, I guess my whole, my whole point was that I think if you're looking around and you're paying attention, there's a lot of beauty to be found in life, but sometimes I think we're always so head down into the negative. We don't have an opportunity to see the beautiful stuff.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the, idea uh of what you've seen like where you are in terms of um asia a- asian countries their their policies i think it's because their population their belief is that their population uh of one if one person is there that's supposed to reflect the the whole the entire person so if they see someone who is is down under luck and that they obviously need assistance they want to come together and help that person in order for them to all be perceived as a whole you know like well well off society and so the idea of of you know this um this this um worker at a at a fast food chain who is helping this lady uh, with the way that with her appearance and then these police officers who um give her Money and water so she can go clothe and feed herself in a way that she can also look presentable to other people, because I think like in America, people don't care about each other in that way, like we're focused all on our own thing on our own um ideas, our own plans, and that we don't really focus on each other as human beings, and we don't focus on each other as whenever I see you, I see who I am, I see me, and that if you look dirty and you look unclean and you look down on your luck, that it is my duty to make you look good. Because when you look good, I look good. You know, it's this idea of helping each other out, being a society that it's like, look, we're all in this together. Not not, not to use that, that cliche, but um, in a way that it is, it is, I am you and you are me. And that together we can be like anything that we want to this idea of helping each other out noticing each other in our times of despair or distress and also being willing to you know go out there and help each other up when we are down in the gutter um germaine malaysia hong kong you said you went to uh taiwan or thailand uh, Thailand, Thailand. What were your experiences there? Especially I want to t- hear you talk about some food that you've eaten. What kind of food <laughs> you've eaten
1: on your travels that just completely like blew your mind? Um, I mean, I, I'm a foodie, so like I'll eat, I eat a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I, don't, I mean, Thailand has such good food. Like if you like spicy food, it's like oh. some of the best, some of the best in the world. Um, uh i mean nothing in particular I, I can't think of anything in particular like everything is hong kong i wasn't really keen on the food um I, I went to some like supposedly like some of the best dim sum places and i don't know I, something about the textures is just not my thing um so yeah i would say talents has some of the best food hands down um south of france has some of the best food too like uh that, uh, uh like monaco area uh nice like the crepes and just the, the, the tension, the detail of the ingredients, like it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely partake wherever I go. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like a win in Rome kind of person. So like if I find a place where I'm at and they have something that's super bomb, I'm going to go hard and yeah. I'm going to go hard as, as, as long as I possibly can. Cause I know next month I may not be there and I may not have access to this. So Uh, That's just kind of how I roll.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. I haven't traveled personally, uh, but I I live in a community where people come in and out all the time in terms of um, living from abroad, usually some from from Asia, some from uh, Europe, some from South America. And so the amount of food that I have, let's say, eaten, from those countries. It is like, wow, the flavors, the spices, the also the, the color of the food itself. It is, it seems to be deeper and richer in terms of the way it looks on the plate. Like, uh, you have this deep, dark golden turmeric, is what you use. Like in um, Thailand, you know, Asia, they're, they're fans of uh, ginger, scallion, you have that, that color on the plate, you have those. Those red peppers, you have all that that spice and that heat, and it's uh, it, it's amazing. It, it tastes as if you are on another planet, but then you realize, oh wait, I, I'm I'm here. It's Earth, it's Earth. Like okay, <laughs> it's just, it's so amazing. Like what's out there in terms of cuisine, um, the people, the cultures, the the histories of, of the world that people who are in the States, unfortunately, don't really have the luxury um, or the wherewithal to just go and experience those experiences of, of cuisine, culture, and people. So, um, uh, Jeremy, today, well, like, what have you done today that you would say uh, opened your eyes to something new? What did you learn today?
1: Well, I'm at this new... Um condo it's like I, I have this I guess I now have two condos I have this other condo that's on this other beach and I have this one here and so um, today's my first night at this condo and so I was I, I get up pretty early I get up, at, I get up at five this morning and so um, I went to the gym and um, and then I went to go meditate out they have a like little kind of like garden area down on the like the pool gym area So I went out to meditate in the garden area, and I while I was meditating, there's like mosque across the the ocean or this bay, and so I could hear the mosque um, doing the doing their mosque thing, and so it was kind of cool because while I was meditating there, I was realizing a couple things. One it was like very nice. Cause it was like breezy. You could, you could feel the breeze and there was like really light raindrops coming down. And so I could kind of feel all that, but the, like, and, and hear the sounds of the mosque. But so that was like all kind of cool. Like I felt really like I was in the moment and like really alive. But then the other thing I was thinking about that was cool about it is I'm not really thinking about it, but it's realizing is here I am meditating. And then so are they, and it's like, it kind of had me realize like everyone's just trying to find peace in different modalities whether it's you know Judaism or Christianity or Islam or whatever it is everyone's just trying to find like serenity and peace and it kind of ties back into like what the what the cops and the homeless lady like everyone's like they they want to see you in peace so they can have peace within themselves and and same thing with like me meditating there I'm doing the same thing that they're doing at the mosque where someone in China is doing at a, at a, in a Christian church or in, in wh- wherever, Dallas, Texas, or wherever it's at, like it's happening all over the world, that everyone's just seeking peace. And it's just cool to see that everyone has their own way to go about doing it. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. And on that note, Jermaine, I have one last question to ask you. And that is, if you had the opportunity to send a worldwide text, what would your message be uh,
1: uh the tough one <laughs> um it, text message so it can't be too long um i guess it can be as long as you want it to be yeah yeah i think um i guess i would probably say um be still, be patient, and trust yourself. Why would you say that? Because I think you get so much clarity from like stillness and space and um, being by yourself and like actually giving patience and time to give you clarity about where you should go next and what you should do next. I think sometimes we act so hastily and make such quick decisions that are necessary. And you actually make missteps. And so I think if you're still and you have some space and you're patient, the, 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 the decision will be clear. And then just trust yourself to make that like trust, whatever comes to you, trust yourself that that's the right decision and then act on it. And that's, that's kind of the ethos. I think that really works. Um, Cause there's too much noise, There is too much advice. The best advice is the advice you take from yourself.
0: Yeah, well, Jermaine, uh, thank you very much for being on the Black Gold Podcast. Where can people go to listen, to watch, to read any of your work?
1: So creatorslearn.com dot com is the the place to go.
0: Okay, and everything's there your your bio, your uh, financial work, your financial
1: course. It's all there on creating. All there they can um, ask a question there and we're going to be starting a podcast here shortly. So they can, um, any questions they have, they can um, ask there and we may air that on the podcast and answer it on the podcast. So um, yeah, that's the best place to find me. Okay. Well,
0: Jermaine, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for your time, bro. Great. Thanks for
1: having me. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Gold Podcast. Please subscribe and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at TheBlackGoldPod in order to be updated about new episodes each week. In order to listen to incredible and inspiring stories, please go to the Black Gold Podcast website and make a donation. So, the stories of these incredible and amazing people will be waiting for you each and every week so that you may be inspired and become an inspiration to someone else. You can find all of that and more on the new Black Gold Podcast website, blackgoldpod.wordpress.com. That is B L A C K G O L D. P as in Paul O-D dot WordPress as in the blogging website dot com again that is blackgoldpod dot wordpress dot com